How do you feel when you read about God's wrath and judgment in Revelation? How can the second coming of Christ be a source of hope for you instead of a source of fear? Well, let's learn more about what Revelation says about the end times in this week's episode as we continue our series, The End, right now. Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska, and as always, so thankful to be talking to you today. Hey, uh, if you haven't joined us in a while, uh, we're just so glad you have picked today to download this episode and and listen in on uh, this uh, podcast. We're, we're super excited. Uh, just so you know, we're in the finishing up a, a series called The End. And my encouragement for you is to really um, kind of go back to the first week uh, for this this series, if you're just picking it up now. Uh, this is one of those series that, yes, it, today's message, you, you can grasp it, uh, but really to get everything we're talking about, you kind of need to start from the beginning. And so I, I encourage you to go back to uh, the, the two episodes ago. Uh, the first week of of the end. It's only a three week series. This is the third week, uh, so I encourage you to to do that and jump back there. And then, if you like what we do here, uh, we we don't ask this all the time, but if you like what we do here, we would uh, love for you to uh, become a patron, uh, help us financially, uh, keep this ministry going to reach uh, people for the cause of Christ and and uh, get this message out there for, for people that um, need to hear it uh, and want to hear it. And even for those of you that are already Christians, uh, just to continue to feeding, feeding your, your soul uh, with God's Word. And, and so we, we could use your help to, to keep, keep this going. So uh, let's move on, right? Uh, today, like I said, we're in our third and final week of the series called The End. Uh, where we're looking at what the Bible says about the end of the world. And if you thought the last couple of weeks were creepy or scary, uh, you really haven't seen anything yet, okay? Because today we're going to cover the entire book book of Revelation in 30 minutes or less. I don't know if that's possible, but we're going to give it a shot, okay? I don't think it's truly possible, so we'll have to definitely break it down. But I want to start off by asking you, how many of you would say that the book of Revelation is intriguing but confusing, uh, maybe you're thinking it's exciting, but sometimes scary. You know, maybe that's you. Well, everybody always, you know, talks to me and says, hey, Pastor Dan, we sh- you should preach on Revelation. We should have a Bible study on Revelation. We should just be talking about it, all this kind of stuff, because I, th- I think people like it um, to hear it because it can be a little bit scary. Uh, there's lots of weird stuff, you know, there's dragons and there's beasts, there's multiple heads. Of course, there's a number 666, and there's all sorts of numbers and symbols besides just 666, and and you can read about 12 stars, 10 horns, 7 heads, 6 wings, uh, 4 bowls of incense, 2 olive trees, and a partridge and a pear tree. 
<laughs> you know, I don't definitely. I don't think partridge and pear tree is in in Revelation. But anyway, uh, there's all sorts of of different stuff. But um, so many people, when they think about Revelation or try to read it, uh, honestly, they get scared and they get creeped out or weirded out, uh, whatever it might be, maybe confused. And the problem is they they don't know how to read it because the very beginning of Revelation one says that you are blessed if you read it and you are blessed if you hear it. So if you know how to read it, it, it shouldn't make you afraid, right? But what it will do is it will build your faith, okay? Because God gives us the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's that's verse one of chapter one, and and God is showing us what is to come. And so if you're a follower of Jesus, you should get excited about what. Uh, God shows us in Revelation or the unveiling of Jesus Christ, right? So I want to help you read it in a way that builds your faith. And so let's let let me give you a little bit of the backstory and some of the context, and and then we'll break it down in a way that I believe will help you to understand it. Okay, first of all, it's written by John, who was the last living of the original twelve disciples of Jesus, and and I think you need to know what about what happened to the twelve uh, after the resurrection of Jesus. Okay, Judas was betrayed. Um, I'm sorry, Judas, who betrayed Jesus, uh, took his own life. Uh, the other 10 besides John actually died the death of martyrs. And so if you're kind of a skeptic of Christianity and you're just, you know, kind of listening to this podcast, um, just to feel things out, um, it's really interesting to think about that the 10 of the original 12 disciples were willing to die for their faith because they were so sure that Jesus was raised from the dead. That tells you how much they knew, uh, Jesus was, uh, who he says he was, right? Okay. Well, there was only one guy left living, and that was John, as we said, and it was about 62 or so years after the resurrection of Jesus. The The year was about 95 AD, and John was living when an emperor said, I want all of you to worship me as Lord and God. And John said, no, <laughs> not gonna ha- it's not going to happen because I've seen the Lord and he is not you, okay? And so I'm not going to worship you. And for this, John was exiled to the Isle of Patmos, and he was in a, a cave that you can actually visit today. When an angel of the Lord visited John and gave him the vision of the revelation of Jesus. And if you read chapters two and three, you'll see where there's actually letters from Jesus to the seven churches of Asian Minor, okay? And the book of Revelation was initially letters to these seven churches. So what I want to do today is kind of break this book into five specific sections, okay? And then I want to encourage you to read read revelations. Okay. In your own time, take out your Bible and read it in light of these five sections. Okay. It'll, it'll take you a little bit of time to get through. Um, I think you can honestly, if you sit down or just read it, um, you can finish it in 45 minutes to an hour, I think, you know, so you could break that up however you want to. Uh, but I want you to read the five main themes we're going to cover. And then I want you to look at who Jesus is in each of these sections. Okay. And remember, <clears throat> it's really all about Jesus. And when you read it in light of who Jesus is in Revelation, you're not going to, to be freaked out. You're not going to be worded out. And you're not going to be confused. Uh, instead, it's going to build your faith. Okay? So uh, let's dive in. Let's uh, go into section number one. And so we're going to go through uh, basically snapshots of Revelation. And the first snapshot I want to I wanna look at is Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. Okay, Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. Okay, let's look at what Revelation says. We're we're starting with chapter one. Uh, this one is verses seven and eight. Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those pierced him, and all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. 
He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Alpha is the first letter of the Greek alphabet. Omega is the last letter of the Greek alphabet. Okay. In our language, he would have said, uh, I am the A and the Z. You know, I was there before the beginning of the world. I am already at the end. If you want to know what's going to happen, you don't need to worry because I've written the last page of the book. It says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Now, um, I will show you how it ends, okay? And it ends with good news. John goes on with the vision of, of Jesus in Revelation uh, 1, 14 through 16. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze, glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. Now, when you read that, you might ask, how did he hold seven stars in his hands, right? When you read through Revelation, don't take everything literally, okay? There's, there's a ton of symbolism in revolution, re, revolution, revelation, right? In fact, if you simply read on, John will tell you what the seven stars are. Okay? They represent the seven angels of the seven churches that Jesus writes to in, 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 in chapter 2 and 3 of Revelation. Okay, Also, I, I need to let you know that these are not great circus tricks. They're not magic tricks. Okay, Jesus didn't come out of the heaven and go, hey, watch this, everybody. Look what I can do. Okay, The double-edged sword is actually the word of God according to Hebrews, right? That, that's what he's talking about there. And so out of his mouth comes the word of God. A theme we'll see over and over again. Okay, let's read on. Revelation 1, uh, 17 and 18. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and now, look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Now, this is really interesting to me because John was known as the beloved disciple. You know, Jesus loved all of them, of course, but he had a very special friendship with John. Now, when Jesus returns, he's not this buddy-buddy guy, but he's the Alpha and the Omega, right? He is the, 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 uh, the beginning and the end, right? And in the presence of Jesus, the first and the last, John falls on his face in awe and in worship as though dead. But what does Jesus do? Jesus placed his right hand on John and said, do not be afraid, right? To just reassure him, do not be afraid. It's going to be okay. So if you see Jesus in Revelation, it will build your faith, okay? Snapshot one shows us he is the Alpha and the Omega, okay? Let's look at the second snapshot. Um, it is Jesus is the Lamb of God, okay? Jesus is the Lamb of God. Uh, it is covered in chapters four and five. Uh, there's 28 times in Scripture in Revelation, Jesus is called the Lamb of God. And you might ask, well, so what is the main theme of this section? Well, Jesus, the Lamb of God, but it is worthy to open the scroll. Okay, that's the whole point. Now, you may say, well, what in the world does that mean, to open the scroll? Well, when you read chapters 4 and 5 yourself, what you'll see is that God is on uh, the throne. Okay, uh, He's on the throne, and in his hand, he holds a giant scroll that is sealed uh, with seven seals. And this scroll is kind of like a last will and testament. Okay, It's kind of like the declaration of all that is to come and all that is to happen to all the people on earth. Okay, It's what, what God is planning, right? And so John is like, man, I want to see what's on that scroll, right? And so an angel says, who is worthy to open up this scroll? And everybody looks around heaven and they can't find anybody. And John gets really freaked out and he begins to panic. In fact, he panics so much he actually starts to cry because they can't find anyone who is worthy. When suddenly he looks and he sees a lamb, 
okay? And we're going to read what, he, what it says uh, as this is happening. It's Revelation 5, 6. When I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders, the lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And then he goes on in verse 9. He says, And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God's persons with every tribe and language and people and nation. Okay? Jesus is the Lamb of God. Now, some of you, some of us might go, I don't get that imagery, right? Well, this would have been incredibly powerful imagery for, for John's readers because they would have remembered that what John the Baptist said when he saw Jesus coming. And, and some of you might know what, when John the Baptist saw Jesus, what he said, okay? He said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. You've probably heard that before, right? Well, John's, reader, John's readers also would have been very aware of what was known as the Passover from the Old Testament, when an angel of death would pass over all the households and destroy everyone in the households unless they took an innocent lamb and sacrificed the lamb and, and put blood on top of the door and on both sides of the door, right? Okay. And, and this to me is incredibly amazing to, to just think all the way back into the Old Testament where we see a foreshadowing of the New Testament cross of Christ right? We have the Lamb of God. And, and when John says, I saw the Lamb of God who was worthy to open up the scrolls, everyone there is filled with a sense of hope, right? Because now they know, yes, our Jesus is worthy. He is the Lamb of God, right? He's the Lamb of God. So who is Jesus in, in Revelation? He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the Lamb of God. And, and in the third snapshot, it's where it gets kind of crazy, okay? Chapter 6 through 18, chapters 6 through 18. And if you're wondering where the stuff about the mark of the beast and the Antichrist and the 666 and all that stuff is, read chapter 6 through 18. And if you really want to freak out, um, right before you go to bed, uh, read a little from these these verses and, and watch as you have some crazy dreams all night long, okay? Just, just letting you know, right? Okay? So who is Jesus in 6 through 18? Okay, Jesus is the righteous judge. Okay, that's the other snapshot. Jesus is the righteous judge. And the main theme is that Jesus righteously judges the earth, right? So as you read 6 through 18, let me show you three different judgments that are issued upon the earth during this time. Okay, the first one is known as the seal judgments. This is where you'll read about the four riders of the apocalypse. You'll see the moon turn to blood red. You'll see blood shed from war. And about a quarter of the world's population will die from famine, plagues, and wild beasts. Okay, the, the second set of judgments are known as the trumpet judgments. Uh, you will see hail and fire mixed with blood fall from the sky. You'll see poisonous locusts, right? Man, you thought locusts were bad. Now he's adding poisonous locusts, right? Uh, a third of their vegetation is destroyed. Uh, a third of the water is contaminated. A third of the sea creatures die. Uh, a third of the light is lost, right? A third of the world dies. Uh, to me, this is a bad time, right? This is a horrible, horrible time. I just don't want to be there. Now, remember, all during this time, though, God still gives people a chance to repent of their sins, okay? There is still grace even in the middle of these judgments. Now, I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't want to wait till those judgments to finally realize that, that uh, you know, that my Jesus is who he says he is and I'm going to follow him, right? Because I, I just don't want to go through that, man. I, I want to go before that. But anyway, uh, the third set of judgments are known as the bowl judgments, where sores will appear on people with... Uh, the mark of the beast, uh, water turns to blood and everything in it dies. 
the sun scorches people, uh, devastating earthquakes hit. Uh, this is one of, one of the things I, w- I would kind of like to see, but at the same time, I definitely don't want to see. A uh, hundred pound hail falls from the sky. We always thought golf ball size hail was bad, right? Man, 100 pound hail falls from the sky. And so if you're like a lot of people listening to this, you're probably going, man, I, I don't like these parts, right? I don't like this, these judgments. You know, some of it's gross, some of it's stupid, some of it's freaky, creepy. Uh, we, sometimes we think it's not fair. And, you know, I, I just, I'm not, I'm not sure about all this, right? And admittedly, you read about this, and you're going to go, "That's serious and rough stuff, right? That you know, that's that's some that's some pretty bad stuff that that could happen there, and will happen." And a lot of people, when they hear about this or or read about it, you know, okay, they say, "Well, that's not fair. That's that's not right." Now, this is important. So, if you missed last week, this is what I'm talking about. You might want to go back and 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 dive into the last uh, couple episodes before you, you, you got too far into this. But um, if you missed last week, I want to kind of go over one uh, really important principle. And the principle is this, that this is, this what we're talking about is indeed fair. Okay, this is totally fair. Uh, last week, I asked the question, how many of you know someone who did something wrong, something horrible and got away with it, right? They, they weren't punished. There was no penalty. There was no reconciliation, they hurt someone, something violent maybe, something horrible, and they didn't have to pay for it, right? Whenever that happens, what do we really say? What do we believe? We say, well, that's not fair, right? They should get their punishment, right? Because we know inwardly that wrongdoing should be punished. My kids know this, right? If, if they do something wrong, there's a, there's a punishment. Growing up, they knew that was going to happen. Even, even if I do something wrong, they think there should be a punishment, right? And, and rightfully so. Uh, it was just like the time when my parents came to visit uh, my family and I in Michigan when we lived there, and, and my dad took my daughter to go pick up some donuts or something. I don't I don't remember what they were grabbing or anything, but uh, he decided to take her on a, just a small little drive to uh, go see Lake Huron. We lived up by Lake Huron, and and my dad accidentally, as he's going through trying to you know weave his way down through there and everything, got turned around a little bit, and he proceeded to go up a one way road to get into Canada. <laughs> and my daughter's like, grandpa, this is not the right way. This is, this is not the way we're supposed to go, you know? And he's like, well, we'll figure it out. And, and so as he pulled up to the border crossing, he had to explain what had, what had happened. Right. And, and to kick it all off, he's from Nebraska. My daughter's from Michigan. Looks like he kidnapped this little, this little girl. Right. And he's having to explain this, this all to the border crossing. And at the same time, my daughter's going, grandpa, this is not good. You know, this is, we're going to be in, this is not good. Right. And, and, and so after a little convincing and talking to them, uh, they let him turn around and, and my daughter without hesitation shared with him, my mom and dad are going to kill you, <laughs> right? Even my kids know you do something wrong, it should be punished, right? And this is, is in this time in history where God says through Jesus, I am judging the world for its sinfulness. Almost as if God knew we might be skeptical. Is this really fair? And an angel affirms it for John. Look at what it says in Revelation 16, 5. Listen to what it says. Then I heard the angel in charge of the water say, you are just in these judgments, O holy one, you who are and who were. Who is Jesus? He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the Lamb of God, and he is the righteous judge, as we learned, right? And so the fourth snapshot uh, we're going to look at is he is the King of Kings. And we will see this in chapters 19 and 20. 
And so if you want to kind of take a note of the main theme of this section, it is that Jesus returns with this church, okay? Let's, let's read this text together. It's Revelation 19, 11 through 16. Here's what it says. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is, is, is the word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron, iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has the name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He has the name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He is not a candidate that we elect in or out of office, right? We, we can't just pick and choose when to accept him and when not. We either accept him or we don't. We can't say one day, why, I, I'm going to follow you, Jesus, the next day I'm not. He is the King of Kings and he is the Lord of Lords. And so when you read Revelation, you see who Jesus is, right? Uh, and it will build your faith. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the Lamb of God. He is the righteous judge. And as we just learned, he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords, right? And so the fifth and, and final snapshot that we're going to take a look at is from chapters 21 and 22. It's the last two chapters of the book of Revelation where we see Jesus is the bridegroom, okay? Jesus is the bridegroom. And we are the bride. And the Bible teaches us this principle that Jesus takes us, the church, his bride, to the heavenly city. Okay, let's read about it in Revelation 21, uh, 9 through 10. One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and said to me, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Now, this is the new heaven and the new earth that we read about last week. Okay, Jesus, the bridegroom, comes back for us, the bride, and takes us to the new heaven and the new earth, where there is no crying, mourning, and pain, right? In fact, the, the new heaven and new earth doesn't even need a sun or a moon, because in verse 23 it says, the city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the lamb is its lamp. Jesus is the bridegroom returning for us, the bride. And maybe you ladies listening, you're, you're, you're loving this metaphor, right? Man, I love, I love my husband and everything, but Jesus is coming back for me and, and he's going to be my husband? I love that idea. That's fantastic, right? But for us guys, we look at it and we go, what? I've got to be a bride? What? what? Do I have to wear a dress and everything and all this weird stuff? A, a bride? Really? Well, the true answer is yes, because you get to be joined together. Okay, you belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I don't think you have to wear the dress. Okay, I don't think so. But but you never know. But anyway, but you belong to King of Kings. You get to be joined together, right? And so, what is the King saying today? What is he saying at the end of Book of Revelation? The same thing. I believe he's saying the same thing he said from Genesis through Revelation. Let me show you what the Spirit and the Bride say. Revelation twenty two seventeen. The Spirit and the Bride say, "Come," and let the one who hears say, "Come." Let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. So what does the Spirit and the Bride say today? The Spirit and the Bride say, come, 
on, you who are thirsty. Let me give you some living water. Jesus said, I am the living water. If you taste of me, you will never thirst again, right? And there are those of you today, even now, you're listening to this episode and you're still spiritually parched, right? You're thirsty. You're searching for something and you know it. You've spent your lifetime searching. There's got to be something, somebody, somewhere, something that fills this emptiness inside. And the Spirit says, come whoever you are, wherever you are, taste of the living water and you will never thirst again. And some of you may say, but I'm not good enough to drink from that water. And the Spirit says, come now, come as you are. Come and experience the grace of Jesus and all of your sins will be forgiven and you will become new. Drink of the living water and you will never thirst again. So we look at the book of Revelation and we think, scary, freaky, weird, confusing, not fair, whatever it might be. But I want to look at the last two verses in the book of Revelation. And if you don't get anything else and you don't understand anything else, and after even reading all of it, you still don't get it, get get this, okay? It's the last two verses of the book of Revelation, 22, 20, and 21. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. He's saying, Maranatha, right? Maranatha, our Lord returns soon. Amen, right? And we are to say this, come, Lord Jesus. We can't wait. We want to live for you. And he says, I am coming soon. And then the book book ends with, The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. And that's why when you read the book of Revelation, in light of who Jesus is, if you're a Christian, you don't need to be afraid, right? As as he reassured John. Because he is coming soon, and he is good. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the Lamb of God, the righteous judge, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and the bridegroom who comes to take us, his church, us people, right, to be with him forever. And so I want to close off with today. May the grace of God be with God's people forever and ever. Amen. That concludes another episode of Venture Podcast, and that finishes our series called The End. Next week, we're going to ask the question, what really makes for a happy life? A dream job, a bigger house, or a new relationship? Well, you might be chasing carrots, and so it's time to hop off the treadmill and chase after something real. Join us for our new series, Chasing Carrots, next week. Talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast and Chandler Acres Ministries, or you'd like to become a patron, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.